This audio podcast is from the River Church in Fort Worth, Texas. We hope God uses it to encourage and grow your relationship with Christ. For more information about the River Church, visit us online at theriverdfw.com or facebook.com backslash theriverdfw. It's so good to be back here with you this morning. I missed you guys last week. I always... Anytime I'm not here, I miss you guys, and it's kind of uh, it's kind of funny. Just last week around 10:30, uh, I would just start thinking about you and started praying for you and for the service. And uh, I, if you if you uh, weren't here last week, I was at a church that I used to pastor at. Uh, they asked me to come and speak at an event they had, and so um, it was good seeing old friends and people that I used to pastor and uh, still love and have relationships with. But uh, I missed you guys, so it's good to be back. Um, we are on the final week of our You Asked For It series, Um, and next week, uh, we are starting a new series called Thankful, and and so uh, as we head into kind of the holiday season of Thanksgiving and Christmas, um, where life is about to just get crazy, right? It's about to get nuts, and uh, it's going to, we're going to have Christmas parties and events and family and all these things happening, coming up. What we wanted to do before that season hits is we wanted to just have a series that will hopefully slow us down a little bit, (laughs) that will hopefully um, maybe check our hearts before we get into the season uh, and and maybe just kind of remind us a little bit about what all this is about to be, is about, right? So before we get into it, have to stop and, okay, okay, this is about Thanksgiving and Jesus. No, before we get into it, slow down, check our hearts. And it's actually going to be a series on worship. So we're calling it Thankful, but it's a series on worship and how all these things uh, are blessings. The blessings God has given us, Thanksgiving, Christmas, are designed to lead our hearts in worship of Jesus. And so um, get ready for hopefully a good heart check for us all before we come in. If you know anybody, say, man, I think they would love this. I think this would be great for their heart. You invite them to come along and and uh, don't miss out. I think it's going to be um, a really cool se- before we head into this this busy season. And so as we close out our You Asked For It series, I hope that you've enjoyed it. It's questions that you asked for. It's things that you're curious about. I hope that uh, as we've walked through these topics that you've had those questions answered. I hope that um, you've grown closer to Jesus through this time. Um, and we've covered some really heavy topics, like some really uh, tough topics. We've talked about suffering. We've talked about loving, hard-to-love people, stress, God's will for my life, spiritual warfare. Last week, Joel did a fantastic job talking about healthy family life. And But today, we're going to close on what may be, at least for me personally, maybe even for you, uh, one of the toughest topics we're going to talk about. It's, it's easy to talk, talk about. It's something that we, we love receiving, but we don't really like giving this out. We're going to be talking about the topic of forgiveness. And everybody said, hey, is it too late to leave? Can I, can I get up and go now? It's hard. I, I, uh, I heard a story the other day about a husband and wife, and uh, they had gotten in a big fight, and the husband, you know, he had messed up, you know, and he had done something dumb. And, uh, and so he had, he had gone through their fight about it, and then finally his wife said, you know what, I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to forget it. It's in the past like it never happened. Man, my wife is so good to me and so kind and sweet. Well, then he started noticing every time they would fight, she would bring it back up. And remind him of this thing, and he kept bringing it up, bringing it up. And he told her, he says, honey, sweetheart, I thought that you said you had forgiven me. I thought you had said, I forget. It's in the past. And she said, I have forgiven you. I have forgotten. It is in the past. I just don't want you to forget that I've forgiven you, forgotten, and it's in the past. And all the ladies said, amen, right? Amen, right? That's us sometimes when it comes to forgiveness, right? Hey, oh, I forgive you. I forgive you. And then we see them on Facebook, or we see something, and it just comes right back up. We thought I had forgiven. I thought I had 
but it keeps, you know, it's still there, it's still lingering. And I think this is important. You know, when we talked about suffering, uh, if you were here for the, 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 the week we talked about suffering, the idea really had a lot to do with moments in life that have happened to us. One big event that caused suffering in our life that, that we're trying to deal with some, a huge moment of pain. Well, and that, that's, that's important. And there are times that that happens and we walk with bitterness and unforgiveness because of that. But I think for the majority of us, when we walk in unforgiveness, when we walk in bitterness, it wasn't because of something that happened in a moment. It, it wasn't because somebody did something and one, and sometimes it is, but not, I think most of the time it wasn't some big, huge thing that somebody did to us that we can never forget. I think that bitterness and unforgiveness almost creeps up on us in a way. I think that uh, it, it kind of comes up on us insidiously, and we didn't even realize that it happened. And then one day we realize, oh, I, I'm, I'm angry at this person. I'm bitter at this person. I have this thing. It's kind of like a slow burn. And so what I want to talk to you this morning about is, is two things. Is One, how did we get to that place? How did we get to this moment of I don't care or this moment of unforgiveness in our heart when it wasn't a huge moment but something that kind of crept up on us over time? And then I, I want to talk about that. And then secondly, I want to talk about how do we respond to that? So how do we uh, respond with this maybe God-sized view of forgiveness, something that seems almost humanly impossible in certain situations? How do we, how do, we do it? How, how do we actually forgive. And so I want to give us at the end a kind of a God-sized view that maybe hopefully can shift our understanding of why this matters. And so uh, let, me, let me jump in here. So I think one of the ways that unforgiveness starts to um, rise up in us in ways that we don't ha- realize it's, it's a process that happens. I think one of the first things that happens is maybe there's this offense or maybe there is this moment of conflict that happens between you and another person. And the first thing that we do because we don't like conflict, because we don't want to cause issues, because by, by nature we want to be peaceful people, the first thing we do is we just distance ourselves from that person a little bit. We just kind of go, okay, I don't want to bring this up. I don't want to fight about this. I don't want to make it a huge deal, so I'm just going to ignore it. I'm going to act like it didn't happen. I'm just going to just distance myself a little bit, just move away from it just a a little bit. And, And maybe that person didn't know that they hurt you. Maybe they didn't intend to hurt you in that moment. But either way, if they did or they didn't, they're not going to know about it because we're just going to kind of maybe put a little distance. And then as we do that, the second thing that we do is we put a little distance. The second thing we do is we start to build walls up around us. And so we start to put up some walls because they hurt me. I don't want to let them hurt me again. They cause pain in my life. I don't want to let them cause pain again. And so we start building up brick by brick these walls. And we don't even, it's almost self-defense. It's almost like I've just got to take care of myself. And as we do that, though, the problem is we don't just wall out and block out the harmful people in our lives. We don't just wall out the toxic people in our lives. When we build up these walls, we wall out the good people in our lives, too. And we start to feel less emotions, and we start to kind of cut ourselves off from not just the people that, that, that are harmful to us, but also the people that love us. And suddenly the people that love us are around us going, man, I just don't feel like we connect anymore. I just don't feel like, I, I don't know, I, there's just something wrong. There's something there. And it, it's this thing that slowly happens over time. We shut ourselves off. And as we build those walls up, the third thing that we do, and this is where it starts to get fun, is we start to escalate things a little. You say escalate. This is the place where little things become big things. Little things that were it's kind of silly. Like, I've counseled couples before we've met and talked, and I'm like, so what are you, what are you upset about? And they tell me, and I'm like, you're mad about that? 
That's nothing. But what we've learned is that little thing is really representative of something bigger, right? Like one of the things that Katie and I fight about the most, I'm going to get some counseling from you guys this morning, is uh, the dishes. Anybody in here fight about the dishes? Can I get an amen? Right? We fight about the dishes. Not a lot. We used to fight about the dishes a lot. Um, We've learned to just kind of distance ourselves and put up walls around the dishes. Um, But... It's funny because the way we do the dishes, the thing, it doesn't ever really change, but then there's these moments where these other stressors have been happening. There's these things that have been going on. Maybe we've been hurting each other a little bit or being passive, and all of a sudden, the dishes are a big deal, right? And that's where it comes out. That's where it comes out. The reason why, I think, though, is because we begin to start having, the, why the dishes become a big deal is we start having, number four, false belief about what's going on. Because we've walled ourselves off, because we've distanced ourselves, because we're escalating things, we begin to see things that aren't there. We begin to see everything this other person is doing through a negative lens. We, we begin to assume the worst about that person, right? Like the husband forgets to take out the trash, and the wife's like, oh, he's doing that on purpose, right? He knows I hate it when he doesn't take out the trash. He's trying to get to me, right? All the husbands are like, yes, I was. You're right. Yeah, I was doing that. Right? No, come on, guys, we can't do that. No. Right? But we begin to view it all through this negative lens because that's the way, and you know what that is. I believe that's the enemy. I believe that Satan's starting to put in little things to cause enmity between them. Right? That's why we talked about in spiritual warfare, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Amen. Amen. Right? And so what happens is we start to see the things that aren't there. Right? We begin to believe things that aren't true because we start to believe the worst about somebody. We begin to see the most negative things about somebody. And I think as a side note, that's why it's so important that when we're hurting, when we're in pain, when we've been hurt, that we don't really trust those emotions. Because your emotions are going to go, this is what they're doing. This is what they're saying. This is what they're trying to get to you about. And it may, it may be true, but it's probably not. But because our emotions are telling us this, we believe it. And so in those moments, it's important that you don't trust those emotions, but you talk to somebody that's maybe outside the situation. I don't know, a pastor would be a good person. A counselor or a therapist would be a good person. A community group leader would be a good person. A friend would be a good person. And as we walk through all of those steps and we get to this, uh, this false belief, then this is where it gets really good. Then we get hostile. Then we get hostile. You're hurt, you're bitter, you're angry. And again, you may not realize it, but they, they post a picture on Facebook about their kid, and you're like, I hate that little kid, right? He's such a brat. Nobody in here, right? Or how about this? They lose their job, and you're like, good. And you're like, whoa, how, I didn't know I was feeling that. Like, I joke about it, but you know what I'm talking about. Something bad happens to me, you're like, good, I'm glad. Whoa, where did that? I didn't know I felt that way. Because what's happened is through this process, we've become hostile towards that person. And the end result is this, this, this unforgiveness, this hostility. And, but what I want to say this morning as we talk about forgiveness is this hostility we feel towards that person isn't really the result of a fight between you and them. It's not a result of something they've done to you. It's actually the effect of the condition of our souls. And in the moment, we need, we, we need healing. In the moment, we need Jesus' help. <laughs> But because we've gotten this place, often what happens is instead of seeking healing and reconciliation with a person to make ourselves feel better, we utter these three words, and I bet you say it, you know what I'm talking about. I don't care. And that is an absolute lie we tell ourselves. I don't care. They hurt me. I don't care. But we do care. You know how I know? Because week after week after week, the Dallas Cowboys hurt me, and I say, I don't care. But I do care. And it hurts. <laughs> Y'all thought it was about to be real deep right there, and you didn't expect that. <laughs> preach, preach up, right? 
I do care, and I keep coming back. Why? Because we're wired to care. Because we're not wired to live with unforgiveness. We're not wired to live with bitterness. This is not the way God designed us. And so we say, I don't care, but we do care. We do care. What's interesting, though, about this unforgiveness and this hostility that we're living in is that it's the exact same condition that we were living in before we were Christians. Let me read this to you. Ephesians 2, 12 through 14. You'll notice that the hostility, though, is not between us and another person. Now it's between us and God. He says, at that time, this is Paul speaking, you were without the Messiah, excluded from the citizenship of Israel, foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. So what Paul's saying is, hey, remember this time. This is who you used to be. But now in Christ Jesus, you who are far away have been brought near by the blood of the Messiah, for he is our peace, who made both groups one and tore down the dividing wall of hostility. Paul says at one time you were without the Messiah. At one time you were without hope. At one time you were without God. And you go, what is Paul doing? Why is he saying these things? Why is he saying you used to be this, but now you're this? You used to be this, but now you're this. What's he saying? He's saying to Christians, to you and me, remember, remember. At one point you were hostile towards God. At one point you didn't love God. At one point you had a debt to God because of your sin. And he says, but now. But now we, we who were far away have been brought near. How? Because we were really good and did stuff to earn it? Listen to every single song we sang this morning, and you will see that is not the case. We were brought near, how? By the blood of the Messiah, the cross. He is our peace. He tore down the dividing wall that separated us. He tore down the hostility. Paul says to us, Christians, remember, you were the offending party. You were at fault. You put up walls. You put up distance. You were hostile to God, but Jesus moved to you. But Jesus moved towards you. Before we asked for it, before we knew we needed it, before we were aware that we needed it, God initiated this process of forgiveness because of the cross. And Paul says, remember remember. Why does he tell us to remember? Because oh, how easily we forget. Oh, how easily we forget. It's important to remember where we came from. I was listening to a, uh, an interview with the comedian Kevin Hart. You know who I, you know I'm talking about? Sinners. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> it's a serious topic today, so I got to find some jokes where I can. I was listening to this interview with uh, Kevin Hart, and he was talking about uh, when he, a few years ago, or maybe it was recently, he took his kids back to where he grew up. And the reason why is because he's rich. They have a lot of money. They have a lot of blessings, live in this huge house. They have all these. And he said, I wanted to take my kids. I want to take my family to where I grew up in Philadelphia so I could go, hey, that there, I knew a guy that was killed over there. That, there's drugs used to be dealt over there. It's dangerous over there. He, what he wanted to do was to point out to them, this is where we came from. This is where our family came from. And now because of our blessings, because of how good our life is, now, now we're not there. He wanted them to remember where they came from so that they could have an appreciation for where they are. What's funny about that is he said his kids went and looked at the hood, and they're like, man, this place is awesome. They said they wanted to move there. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, come on, man. We need to be reminded of where we came from from time to time so we don't lose perspective. Paul says, remember where you came from. You're going, well, Mike, what does this have to do with forgiveness? How should this impact us from talking about forgiveness? So let's, let's look at Ephesians 4, 31, 30. This is a little bit after what Paul just said earlier. He says, all bitterness, anger, and wrath, 
shouting and slander must be, interesting, must, must be removed from you, along with all malice, and be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God also forgave you. He says, because of what we've received, remember he's adding on what he said in chapter two, because of what we have received, get rid of bitterness. Because of what we've received, be kind and compassionate. Because of what we've received, forgive just as God forgave you. And I know in our souls we're going, no, get a different verse. But you see the most powerful words in this verse are two really small words. Just, he didn't say as long as the person says, I'm sorry. He doesn't say as long as the person asks for it. He doesn't say as long as they deserve it or my favorite, what I like to do, as long as I feel like it. Paul says forgiveness begins by remembering what God has done for me so that I can focus on the just as, so I can forgive just. And I think it's important for us to remember that we will, you hear this a lot, but I think it's important to remember that we will never, ever, 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 ever forgive someone else more than God has forgiven us. You go, well, how do, we, how do we do this? It's really hard. But I think it begins with this, and this is in your notes, the first place there. The first thing we have to do to be able to forgive just as God has forgiven us, when we're living in that place of bitterness and unforgiveness, the first thing we have to do is receive God's forgiveness. Receive God's forgiveness. I know you're probably going, a duh, yeah. But number one, it's going to be impossible for us to forgive like Jesus if we don't know Jesus. If you don't have a relationship with God, if you've never experienced that, you can't forgive like Jesus. And so if you're in here this morning, maybe that's you and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you don't know Jesus, man, what a great day to ask Jesus for that forgiveness on a Sunday where we talk about forgiveness. But secondly, as a Christian, you go, well, all right, that's great. Well, I'm already Christian. I'm, I've, I've been forgiven. I'm good. Yeah. But here's what I would say. So many of us who have been forgiven, who've received forgiveness of Jesus, haven't actually received that forgiveness. You go, Mike, what are you, you sound like a crazy person, Mike. What are you talking about? I've been forgiven, I've received it, but I haven't received it, but I went, what? what? Here's what I mean. You're a Christian, God's forgiven you, you know Jesus, but you haven't received his forgiveness. And what I mean by that is you're still trying, you're still trying to, you're still trying to deserve it. You're looking at yourself and what you see is someone who's unworthy. You look at yourself and you see someone who is worthless. You look at yourself as someone who says, I can't, I can't receive that forgiveness. I, I'm not worthy of that kind of love, despite the fact that God says that's not true. And so what we do is we look at God, we see our sin, we see who we were, we see what we've done. And even for some of us, it's not even that we did this huge, crazy, we didn't murder anybody, but there's just these, we have these feelings about ourselves. We don't think we're good enough. We don't think we're worth anything. And it comes out of nowhere. And even if it doesn't make sense, right? But we, lo- we live in that and we feel that and we think it's impossible for God to love me. And so we work and we strive and we try to earn what God has already given you freely. And you're going, but Mike, what is that? What does that have to do with me not forgiving someone else? What does what me feeling worthless have to do with me forgiving someone else? Listen to this. I think this may be, if you spend your life trying to earn God's forgiveness, something he's already given you, if you spend your life trying to earn God's forgiveness, you're also going to spend your life making anyone who's hurt you earn forgiveness from you. You're going to make them deserve it. You're going to make them earn it. You're going to make them ask for it. You're going to make them work for it. it. will never be enough. If they aren't responding in the right way, if they aren't behaving in the right way, then you just take that forgiveness right. But that's not the way forgiveness works. When God said it is forgiven, it is done, it is over. But we keep trying to earn it. We think, well, he's not. And so if we keep trying to earn it, we're going to make 
others earn it. But what we have to realize is that forgiveness and forgiving someone isn't about giving them what they deserve. It's something we choose to do. Look, listen, no one, no one deserves forgiveness. I don't. I certainly don't. No one deserves forgiveness. If that person deserved forgiveness, they would have never done what they did to you in the first place. But forgiveness isn't about setting them free. It's not about letting them off the hook or even saying what they did was okay because what they did to you is not okay. But it's about setting you free. And if we can realize that the forgiveness that we received from Jesus was not merited, but it's something that he gives, then we can stop making other people deserve it because they don't and they won't. And forgiveness isn't about what they've done or they deserve or they've asked for. It's about what God is doing in your soul. It's about what God has done in you. It's about what God has given you. This is not actually about them at all. And so the second thing we do after we, okay, I'm going to receive this, then we freely give what we have freely received. Because what we want to do is we want to hash it out. We want to make them deserve it. We want to earn it. But what Jesus wants you to do is to freely offer up to other people what you have freely received. I think a great Christian motto, if we're going to have a motto, I think a great motto for the church would be the forgiven forgive. The forgiven forgive. To do the same thing for others, what Christ has done for me. Check out 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 21. It's kind of a long passage, but I'm going to read it. For Christ's love compels us. You hear that? His love compels us. Since we have reached this conclusion, if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all of us so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for the one who died for them and was raised. So now that we're Christians, Christ's love compels us to not live for myself, my life, my will, my good. Now we're living for Jesus. Our lives are designed around, focused on, all about his will for ourselves and our world. So we follow that. 16, from now on, we do not know anyone in a purely human way, so we don't interact with them as if they're just a human. Now they're a soul with an eternal life, right? Even if we have known Christ in a purely human way, yet now we no longer know him in this way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and look, new things have come. Everything is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. So he has reconciled us. He has saved us. He is transforming us. And he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Does that mean that we can save anybody? No. But what that means is now as Christians, it's our job to go, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That is in Christ, God was reconciling the message of reconciliation to us. Therefore, We are ambassadors for Christ, certain that God is appealing through us. We plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So we're pleading to other people, be reconciled to Jesus, be saved, find forgiveness, find hope. And he made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. Amen. And so Christ's love compels us to no longer live for myself. So when that person hurts you, harms you, but to live for Jesus, he reconciled us that we might be a part of reconciling the world, carrying the message of Christ, carrying the message of reconciliation as Christ ambassadors on earth. What we do is, hey, what God extended to me, I extend to you. What God extended to me, I extend to you. And then we just, number three, we go first. We go now, we go today, as soon as you can. And I say that because I say as soon as you can, because sometimes some things are harder than others. I'm not pretending like, oh, you just walk in, God goes, and you go, all the things you did to me are over now. I do not feel them anymore. That's not what I'm saying. But we go first. We, we don't, you know, there's sometimes Katie and I get in arguments. I'm sorry, I'm talking about all our fights today, Katie. You know, we're going to be married eight years in, on Tuesday. 
Yeah, I know. A lot of people have lost a lot of money thinking that she was going to divorce me way earlier than this. So things are going well. <laughs> and there was a pool. <laughs> so far, I'm winning. I've got 10 years. I'm just kidding. <laughs> me too, me too. But sometimes we'll get in an argument, and what we do is this really good thing, and I know none of you have done this, but I go, I'm not apologizing to her. I apologized first last time. You know what I'm talking about? I went, I went first last time. No, Jesus says go first. So, Katie, Jesus says go first. All right, let's move on. <laughs> you know what's interesting about Jesus is before we needed it, he went to the cross. Before we knew we needed it, let me put it that way. He wasn't up on the cross going, hey, before I do this, we're going to have any takers, right? About to get up, they're about to nail, whoa, whoa, before you nail that, anybody, anybody, Bueller, raise a hand, no, maybe? No, Romans 5.8, God proves his love for us that while we were still sinners, before they deserve it, before they earn it, before they've changed, doesn't mean we go to them and go, it's all okay. It's not okay. But in our heart, we release bitterness. In our heart, we release malice. In our heart, we forgive. forgive. So we go first. And then this really cool thing happens that Matthew, uh, or Jesus talks about in Matthew 5, 9. He says the peacemakers. So here's what happened. We can, when we become peacemakers, we can forgive. He says the peacemakers are blessed, for they will be called sons of God. And what's really cool about that word blessed right there is it doesn't mean like I'm going to get a lot of money. I hope you do. It doesn't mean a material blessing. What this idea of blessed, it means the peacemakers are fulfilled. The, the peacemakers are happy. What, what it actually really means here, it says the peacemakers are blessed, and that word means blessed is they are experiencing, they can experience joy in all circumstances. When we release malice, hate, bitterness, when we can forgive, we can live in joy regardless of what anybody does to us. <laughs> regardless of our circumstances. Why? Because the bitterness is gone. Hey, if you've ever lived in bitterness, if you've ever lived in unforgiveness, you know exactly, like it is, it is just something in your gut. It's like having an ulcer, man. It is just, mm. every time you see that person, every time you, there's just, it's just something in you. How can we live in, how can we, how can we have peace? How can we, how can we be fulfilled? Because it says that that's gone. When we forgive, it, it begins to go away. When we forgive, the bitterness is gone. The anger can go away. God begins to heal us. What happens is it doesn't own you anymore. It doesn't own you anymore. And again, it doesn't mean that in that moment you go, I'm going to forgive, and then all the pain is gone. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean I, I'm choosing to forgive, and I, I have no more emotions about this. It doesn't mean that we're human. God has to work on that. God has to, uh, to, to move in us on that. Sometimes we got to go to counseling and get therapy and get help so that we can move past some of the pain that we've walked in. But we've got to make the choice to forgive so that that can begin to be taken away, so that God can begin to move in it. And it doesn't mean we allow them in our life to keep hurting us, but it means we go, we make the choice. I'm going to forgive and as much as it hurts and as hard as it is, I'm going to walk in this and I'm going to choose this. I'm going to choose this. I'm going to choose this. And you go, but Mike, I don't feel, a, feel like forgiving. I don't feel like, look, if you wait until you forgive, the Cowboys will win a Super Bowl before you forgive those people. Sometimes we have to choose what we know is right, regardless of how we feel. Sometimes this has to make the decision and then this will follow. We have to walk in it. I would bet that there's somebody in here today that needs to be set free from this. And maybe you don't feel like it, but you need to make a choice today to forgive somebody. What I would encourage you to do is, number one, acknowledge it. Yeah, I have that. I have that. I have that. You need to ask Jesus to help you. God, I cannot do this. What God is asking us to do to forgive like God has forgiven is literally 
something that is humanly impossible, only through the power of the Holy Spirit, only through the power of Jesus. And yet he calls us to it. So Jesus, I need you to help me here. And number three, if you need to go talk to that person, you need to tell them you've forgiven them, you need to walk, you can. I'm not, that's not necessarily part of this. You don't necessarily have to go talk to them. They could be a toxic person that you need to stay away from, but it needs to happen in here. You need to make the choice to forgive. So what I'm gonna do today is I'm gonna pray for us. Um, the band's gonna come and we're gonna sing another song. And, but what I want you to do is I want you to search your heart and go, is, is that me? And so I'm gonna ask us to do this this morning. I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads because I wanna pray for you. Go ahead. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna call you out, but I wanna pray for you. And so if there's anyone in this place who number one would say, you know what? I am dealing with that, Mike. What you're talking about is nail on the head and I am the nail. You say, I got somebody I got to forgive and I'm struggling with this and I need help with this and I need Jesus to do something in me. I want you to raise your hand right now. Amen. Wow. And I'm going to pray for you. Secondly, you keep those hands up. If there's anybody in this room who says, you know what? I need forgiveness from God today. I want you to raise your hand up right now. All right, I'm going to pray over us. Keep them up. I'm going to, I want to pray over everybody whose hands are raised right now. God, I love you. God, thank you for the forgiveness that you offer us so freely. Jesus, you are so good to us in this place, God. Lord, we, we need you. This, this idea of forgiveness, this thing that you're calling us to is humanly impossible, and it is something that we cannot, we can't do it on our own, Jesus. And there's people all over this room. There are hands all over this room with people who are raising their hands who are being brave enough to say, I'm, I'm walking in that, Mike. I'm dealing with that, Mike. I, I need help. I need Jesus to help me here. I've been hurt. But I want to I wanna forgive just as Jesus forgave me. And God, I pray that you would move in this place. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would move in this place. And that the, all of the people who have raised their hands, and even those who didn't, if they're walking in that, that as they make the choice to say, I will forgive, I will walk in this, that they will find that today. That they will experience that healing today. That your Holy Spirit will work in a powerful thing that only God can do. That they would be released from that in this moment. They would be set free in this moment, God, that your spirit would work in their soul in the most powerful, powerful way and that they can say, I am now an ambassador for Christ, carrying this forgiveness, offering this forgiveness just like Jesus did for me. Move in this space today, Jesus. And I pray for everyone in this room who is brave enough to raise their hand and say, I, I need forgiveness from God today. I pray that they would know that they have been forgiven that they would experience your voice in a still quiet way saying, child, it's okay. I love you, I forgive you. Now walk in truth, walk in peace, find hope. In Christ's name, amen. We're gonna worship one last song and we're gonna take communion. And I love this because as we talk about the forgiveness of Jesus, what he has done for us, we take communion and communion is all about reminding us of what he's done for us. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. What is he saying? In remembrance of what? The cross. And so as we struggle in unforgiveness today, we take this and we pray and say, God, thank you for forgiving me. Help me to forgive like you forgave. And if there's anyone here and you said, Mike, I need that forgiveness. God, thank you for forgiving me. Accept that today. He forgives you. If you come to him with a repentant heart, he forgives you. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna get off the stage. We're gonna worship. And if there's anybody that needs prayer, if you say, Mike, I want you to pray with me, I'm gonna be, I'll be hanging out right over here in this corner. You come talk to me. I will pray with you. It'll be an honor. All right, let's worship.